Yeah. My dad tried to convince my brother and I to watch a movie one time by telling us how good the ending was. Like, uh. telling us the plot of the ending. <laughs> like, cool, Dad. Yeah, we'll definitely still check that out. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we're feeling it. If this is your first time joining us. Welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. Want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone. So glad to have you with us here on Feeling It. An extra special welcome to any first-time listeners of the show. Um... We, if you don't know, are a couple of lifelong friends with pop culture obsessions who love talking each week um, about what we're feeling. So whether it's music, movies, tech, or more, we take the time to talk about whatever it is we can't get out of our heads. Usually we take the end of the show to talk at length about a big question or whatever big piece of pop culture is hitting that week. So today we will, of course, be uh, talking in an in-depth discussion about the new Star Wars film, Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Um... But before we get started, let's introduce ourselves and answer the question in honor of all the chaos around avoiding Last Jedi spoilers. What is the biggest plot twist you've ever had ruined for you? I'm Lucas Wright, a designer in the Bay Area. And the fact, oh, I just realized we're about to drop some spoilers on people. <laughs> so, spoilers for Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. If three, you don't want to know one. any spoilers, <laughs> skip ahead 30 um, seconds. I got spoiled that I because I, I didn't read the Harry Potter books until after all of them were out. And so I got spoiled pretty far in advance that Dumbledore dies in in book six. Oh, yeah. I had a friend who came to school the day after that book came out and who read ahead and was just telling people at school, like just like that was his thing. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool, um, bro. I'm Sandra Amstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm not going to say what the spoiler is, but my most the most recent thing that was spoiled was Star Wars for me. Um, a big plot point um, was spoiled for me in the live chat of the um, app HQ, the trivia game app HQ, where everyone is kind of weird and a douchebag in the live chat. Um, Someone in all caps was just typing plot point, plot point, plot point, but they were saying what the plot point was. And this was days and days before the movie was out for the general public. So someone was just, again, wanted to watch the world burn. I am Lawson Soward, an art director from Nashville, Tennessee. And beyond having every Harry Potter book ruined for me, kind of like what you were saying, um, <laughs> I also had uh, the plot twist to uh, Sixth Sense ruined for me. And it was around the same time that it came out that I saw it. It was like rare at all that I was going to be able to watch it because it was kind of like a scary movie for me being a little young at the time. Um, but I just, I, like, whenever I sat down to watch the movie, the people I was watching the movie w- with, we're saying this movie is so good because you'll never expect that this just like <laughs> fundamentally misunderstanding what it was that made the movie good. And the fact that I was already sitting down to watch it meant they did not need to sell me on it anymore. Um, but yeah, so I never got to experience that revelatory moment. <laughs> uh, nice. All right. Well, who wants to talk about what they're feeling? Well, on that downer of a note, <laughs> I will. <laughs> 
Um, so this week I'm feeling Mudbound, um, which I think is the only Netflix movie that I would say is possibly still in the best picture race right now. Um, Mudbound is set in the Mississippi Delta just after World War II, and it follows two families, the owners of a farm and their African-American tenant farmers. And we get to watch their lives as um, some of their family members come home from war um, and what that's like for them, as well as what it's like just kind of living in kind of this aftermath of World War II in America and kind of the relationship between these two families. It's it's really interesting. It's the first movie I've seen where you have multiple narrators. So I think there are about six different narrators, and you get to see things from their perspective, and it kind of bounces around. Um, and the timeline is kind of all over the place as well, so it jumps back and forth, and um, it's not a... It's not a it's not a linear narrative movie, which I really, really liked. And I think it, um, Dee Reese directed it and she did just a fantastic job of really putting you in Mississippi, in the mud, in the, in the, just the terribleness of that situation. And, uh, you actually, you, you get to feel for all of the characters involved. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful, beautifully shot movie as well. Have you guys seen it yet? No, it's on my list and I know I will see it soon before the end of the year because it's on Netflix. I have access yeah. to it. Um, it'll be a good thing to watch when I'm at home in a town with not as many movie theaters and to yes. distract <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, it's one you'll always have access to. So Right. <laughs> yeah, this has been on the list for Lindsay and I since it came out. And I think it had a limited theatrical run in Nashville too that we really tried to get to and didn't get there in time. So I'm excited it's on Netflix and have heard nothing but amazing things from every critic i trust so i'm stoked yep yeah it's amazing it is i would say it's a hard watch (laughs) but it is fantastic so good well great thanks for that recommendation lucas sandra what are you feeling this week this week i'm feeling um a song that came out a while ago um have y'all ever heard of the artist Josiah Lemming? I have. I have, yes. Lucas, tell me what you know about Josiah Lemming. I listened to his, I think it's his 2010 album when it came out a long time ago. Um, but that's it. It's just kind of been in my rotation every once in a while. Okay. Um, so uh, do you know anything else about his story? Oh, no, nothing at all. Okay. So Josiah Lemming um, is one of those kids that kind of got chewed up and spit out by American Idol. Um, oh. He has a really interesting story in that uh, he, in I think it was like 2007 or 2008, he got on American Idol, and he was 18 years old. He's a, like kind of a, 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 a washed-up kid from Morristown, Tennessee, and at he, 18, he's already a washed up kid. Yeah, he like lives in his car. <laughs> his mom has cancer. He's, you know, like he, there's a lot of sadness around him, but you can also tell like he's very smart and emotional. Um, and he shows up for his first audition, you know, the one where you just sing an acapella song to the judges, like straight up. They're meeting you for the first time. And it is so like, weird and charming. The judges really kind of fall in love with him. I urge anyone to look up this video, Josiah Lemming, American Idol, because he has this thick Tennessee accent, but when he but he says that he's going to sing an original song, which rarely ever happens. 
um, a song that he's written. And he, when he begins to sing, it kind of, he sings with a British accent. And normally, oh my gosh. I would hate <laughs> an American <laughs> doing any kind of British accent. That's one of my biggest yeah. pet peeves. However, yeah. in his instance it's so charming and lovely and i really think because it's not him trying to do a british accent i do believe it's something he just accidentally picked up um from the music he listens to and the style of music he creates um and it really and it works it just works with him the judges are charmed his second audition it's even more charming he does a mika song that's really good and then for his third audition, he kind of has a mental breakdown and he makes some immature decisions and he doesn't make it through to like the finals of American Idol. And so that was it. That was his whole American Idol story. Um, but he was very lovable. People really like wanted him to make it. He got on Ellen for an episode, you know, um, and so he had a lot of buzz and he got this record deal. And before he put out this record, he put out a few EPs. And one of those EPs I listened to constantly in college. It's called Angels Undercover. And the first track on that song is a song that I've listened to throughout the years, even though he's not really um, any big in making music anymore. He might be making a few things here or there. But this song from 2008, Arctic Outcry Wind, is the first song, is one that I listened to over and over again, especially when it gets cold outside. Um, the reason I'm specifically feeling it this week, because I've been listening to this song throughout this season, is that um, I was listening to this song before I went in to go see Star Wars. You know, it was I was walking around, go, get into the theater, I'm listening to the song, I hit pause, you know, start the movie. And when I got back in my car... This was the first song ready to listen to. And I listened to this song after seeing Star Wars. And this song, somehow, through Force Magic, um, is the perfect... The lyrics are perfectly fitting for the character of Kylo Ren. It just... It makes me so emotional. It is... <laughs> I am worked up about how this song that I've loved for years and years perfectly fits with this character. Um, so I recommend this song just in general. I recommend Josiah Lemming and his EP Angels Undercover in general because I think he's a talented songwriter and this like really beautiful emotional kid. Um, but also I recommend this specific song, Arctic Outcry Wind, as um, a place to store any Kylo Ren feelings you might have. I want to play a specific section of it that very much fits um, a Kylo Ren theme. I feel completely uncontrollable, untouchable, impossible Yeah. 
And there you have it. Um, if you I are, I love the sound of that. Yeah, he. You know, like I said, this EP in general, I really love. Um, there's another track that I listen to all the time called "This Cigar." Um, I don't. I have tried to listen to his other stuff as he got older, and it didn't grab me in quite this quite the same way. But I don't know if I've ever given it as full of a shot. Um, but that specific EP, 2008, 18 years old. He has so much creative energy. Um, yeah. It's really, really I'm, special. I'm looking at his Spotify page, and you're right. This this is the the album yeah. that, I, that I listened to. Is yeah. that that EP? That was the one that I'd listened to before. Um, he also he came out with a full album where a lot of the songs from that EP are on it um, afterwards. And so that album I think is also worth checking out because um, it's from around the same time. Um, but uh yeah it the that album was called um come come on kid um he had another ep called punk ass rain which has a few songs that i like on it but his big songs are to run arctic outcry Rin, arctic outcry wind and this cigar well awesome thank you so much for that wreck that's good yeah. stuff sure thing uh, if anyone is waiting in line to see Last Jedi, you have a perfect soundtrack now. Um, <laughs> I would say listen to it after seeing Last Jedi. I don't know that it would make much sense until you've seen the movie. Fair. fair. Yeah. All right. Well, my recommendation, or what I'm feeling this week, I guess, um, I always think of them as recommendations, but it's really just what's been doing it for me, um, is uh, the band Bully. So have I talked about these guys to y'all before? Have have y'all heard of them? No. I, I've heard the name, but I don't know much else. Okay, so uh, Bully is part of this larger trend in my life right now where um, everything, all the best rock that I listen to um, is fronted by women and or like bands entirely composed of women. And I just feel like guys had a long run. Um, they stopped doing anything interesting with rock and now women have taken it over and are killing it. And I'm, I'm great with that. Um, I've loved it. And Bully is a band, um, that I've really gotten into and they feel like the closest thing to having, um, the essence of like a Nirvana, but in a really cool and interesting way. Um, Nirvana was a band growing up that I had, you know, I feel like you have to have a certain amount of appreciation for what it meant for music, but... Man, I on... thought you were about to explain who Nirvana was to everybody. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, I feel like you kind of had to say like, yeah, I, I know where they are, I know what they meant, but uh, liking them was entirely subjective, and they weren't really my thing. Um, but I feel like this band for this moment probably is doing for people what Nirvana did, similar things to what Nirvana did in um, that early 90s moment. Um, because rock isn't as big in culture and as big on the scene, uh, it's not making as big of an impact, but I feel like the, um, the energy they bring to their shows, the lyrics that they play and, um, the just like dynamism in their stripped down distorted guitar, uh, is doing a lot of the, uh, I guess it's not the same thing. It's doing a different thing, but I just think, um, the way that it resonates is, is similarly, uh, impressive. So... Um, the band is called Bully. Uh, they actually got their feet here in Nashville. They played a lot of shows at what was my favorite venue that's now closed down called the Stone Fox. Um, 
and they got signed to Columbia Records, and now they're on Sub Pop, um, which is a record label that has tons of my favorite bands on it. Um, and they're just incredible. And they were in town uh, this past week, and they played three shows, sold out at the Mercy Lounge, um, which is a respectably sized venue. Um, they're really coming into their own, and I'm really, really excited for them. Uh, they have a new album out called Losing, which I really like. Um, their first album, though, is a full-length album. Like, it has enough songs to be a full-length album, but it still is only, like, half an hour. <laughs> um, their songs are really short. They have, like, one-and-a-half-minute and, and two-minute songs and stuff, but it, like, takes you through the full ride. Um, so if you're looking for a little bit of uh, pumping your fist in the air, if you're looking for a little bit of banging your head around, uh, I think Bully is an amazing answer for that. Um, and I want to play... Uh, the new album in particular is great, but I think a great introduction point um, is actually the first song off their first album called Feels Like, um, and the song is called I Remember. Bully. I saw them live this weekend, and I've seen them live before, and they get better every time. I love all their records, but I especially recommend it if they're touring near you. Go to their show. You will not regret it. Nice. I'll check that out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So now for the reason we're all here talking about the most anticipated movie of the year, Star Wars. Wars, The Last Jedi. That's actually how the narrator says it during the morning, during the opening crawl, right? Yeah, it goes, and everybody just goes, Star Wars, The Last Jedi. And like an SNL voice. It was a very dramatic like departure for Rain Johnson. That's why you see such divisive reviews on Twitter, Mm -hmm. because he took those kind of More camel! (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, this movie, uh, I feel like, needs no introduction. It's been a huge part of the Zeke guys for this long, and it's been something that people have been really, really looking forward to. Um, Rain Johnson received an entire trilogy from Disney without an idea based on their anticipated success for this movie. So it came out of the gate with a lot of confidence from the studio um, and has been received with uh kind of mixed reviews so what i'm interested in no 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 it has been received with positive reviews and a couple of dumb fanboys being assholes about it <laughs> okay the um, reviews are positive yeah it is the critical it, reception is exceptional i agree right, yes but the fan ex- uh reception can Fused me personally, but I don't want to put anything... I want to hear what were y'all's overall impressions, spoiler-free, of this movie. Um, I do want to say that I don't feel like we can talk very long without spoilers, because I just don't know... 
there's so much that's so delicate and yes. there's so much that we're excited about. And also, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen it. Like most, yeah. we'll keep the non-spoiler section pretty brief. Right. So yeah, that just being broad impressions. Yeah. That being yep. said, um, this movie thrilled me in ways that a Star Wars movie never has before. I loved. There was parts of it that I were so transportive and mind blowing, and I loved loved this movie and every performance yeah in it. i had so much fun with this movie these this is i think the most inventive star wars movie um which i think is why a lot of people don't like it and i'm not saying if you don't like it you're terrible or anything like that but i just think the loud um negative reception has been from people who shouldn't be on the internet um but i think for the most part most people like it and if you don't like it that's totally fine but i for me personally um it does a lot of things that we're not used to seeing Star Wars do. Um, and for me, that's yep. refreshing. I, based on all that, uh, the studio positivity, I anticipated for this movie to be very good um, and like a really fun uh, and impressive Star Wars movie. I did not expect what I got out of it, which is, I think, one of my favorite movies. Um, it's just. Uh, it transcends to me what it is to be a Star Wars movie while still existing very well within it. Kind of, if I feel like it taps in to what makes Star Wars Star Wars um, and also has uh, the boldness to uh, move you and uh, talk in ways that you might have never heard a Star Wars movie talk before. I remember walking out of episode seven and being so jazzed and so ready for the next movie and so like thrilled that Star Wars is back. And it just, it was an amazing rush of adrenaline. Um, I walked out of this movie speechless. I There was so much that I wanted to talk about, that I wanted to unpack, that I was totally taken aback by and impressed with. Um, it's the most beautiful Star Wars movie I've ever seen by a long shot. And um, I just, I could not be more impressed. Um, and so many of my fears about Disney not letting uh, uh, Star Wars take risks uh, were completely put to rest by this movie. So I loved it. I really, really loved it. And I was, I thought it was a little bit less crowd-pleasing, um, but mm -hmm. I thought what it did... Um, made it i think my favorite star wars movie ever so i wow I, dude yeah it's it was very special to me um <laughs> so yeah we're all feeling pretty positive is there any anything spoiler free that um i guess it would have to not be about our specific impressions of the film but is there anything surrounding this movie that you guys want to talk about before we dive into talking about it um with plot details because this whole movie I feel like they did such a good job of guarding all the plot details, and I would not mm -hmm. want to ruin that for anybody. I want to quickly just kind of talk about performances, um, standouts for me. I like Adam Driver is incredible in this movie, and obviously we'll talk more about everybody later. But Adam Driver specifically, I think, is a great casting choice in that first film. Um, but this is where we actually really get to see him work, and it is all on screen. It is so good. Um, secondly, Mark Hamill was, I, I wasn't nervous about Mark Hamill again, but like, like actually getting to see him do stuff in this movie. Um, 
he's a good actor. He was really good. <laughs> I was really yeah. impressed. Um, he's come a long way, and I was, oh, man, he did a fantastic job. So those two, for me, were the, were some, were the standouts. Yeah, I would also say, um, without spoiling anything that happens, um, I know that a lot of us are going into this movie with, like, a heavy heart about Carrie Fisher. And right. I would just say that I would ease everyone's minds and just say that this film treats Carrie Fisher and her character of Leia exceptionally well. I think they treat her with respect and she delivers standout performances. Um, I just, I think if that is something that's on your mind, this is a movie that I think you will leave seeing with like a warm heart and maybe a, a, a tear in your eye. Yeah. This, I completely agree. I think respect is a great term for how she's shown in this film. And, uh, I think like my impression from seeing it was that that was something that was carrying through through from the very their very first vision for it it didn't seem like uh the affection or the esteem with which they showed her in this film um was any different um knowing that uh this was going to be the last movie that she was in um, yeah i agree uh, they they just they did an incredible job and yeah. i was i was very moved by her performance right i also want to say um lucas i agree with you everything you said about adam driver i've been a major Adam Driver fan <laughs> from the beginning of season one of Girls. I remember a lot of people like not liking his character at all, and I was like, "No, he's something special." And <laughs> um, so I adore Adam Driver. But I want to make sure that we don't for when we talk about how good Adam Driver is, that we also don't forget to talk about how good Daisy Ridley is because yes, um, I tr. She's, like, the protagonist, essentially, of this franchise. Um, and I trust her with this franchise implicitly and carrying the weight of being the protagonist. And um, she is in such a, a tough position to be in as a newcomer, not only to Star Wars, but to Hollywood itself. You know, I had never seen her in anything before Star Wars. And... Um, I think she's handling that responsibility in the films with such talent and outside of the films with a lot of intellect and grace. And um, I, it's not an easy job to have. And I and I am so impressed by her continually. So as good as Adam Driver is, Daisy Ridley is also like at the same level of talent and like impressive performances for I me, at least. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. The very first movie, I had I hadn't seen her anything else. It's like, oh, uh, she's a star. She's yeah. amazing. Mm -hmm. Everything right. she touches yeah. will be gold. Yeah. Yeah. She was my standout for uh, the Force Awakens. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Um. All right. Uh. I don't think we'll get too much more without getting into. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> I want. There's so much I want to talk about, and I don't think we'll be able to. Um. Well, as far as if you haven't seen it yet, and if for some inexplicable reason you're waiting to see what the gang here thought about when you see it, <laughs> we all say go. So Nobody's waiting for our opinion. No, yeah. zero people. Go see the movie. Yeah, go see it. You'll love it and listen to the rest of our conversation after that only. I, I would also say that, like, to even further, you know, like, show how much I love this movie, 
For Force Awakens, I saw it once, and then I saw it twice in theaters just to see what the 3D was like. Um, and so I saw that movie twice in theaters. Loved it. Had a great time. I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Last Jedi at least four times in theaters. I plan on seeing, like, going to see this as many times as possible. Me too. And this is a long movie. Yeah. Like, it is, it's a real sit, and I cannot wait to see it multiple times over. It's just such a rich text. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Okay, so spoilers? Yes. Spoilers ahoy. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No, cracking gas. Spoilers! Remember, you wanted this. Oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. Does someone have a place that they want to jump in right away? Yes, I mean, for <laughs> me, I, I, of course I do. Um... <laughs> The movie as it as a whole does so many fun, entertaining, exciting new things. But what makes this movie be amazing, game changing, um, a piece of cinema that I'll want to revisit forever is all of the scenes with Ray and Kylo. Um, that for me is what made this movie like a masterpiece. Um, those two actors are pulling off something that is so incredibly hard. Um, acting, most of the time, it seems in different sets. Um, giving just straight-up emotional dialogue without really a lot of plot or set pieces to, like, you know, give the viewer something else to be interested in. Just, mm -hmm. it's truly just performance. And their whole storyline, I think, is so fascinating and special um i love the character kylo ren in a way that i can't tell if it's appropriate or not anymore um <laughs> <laughs> there is a, a person i follow on twitter her username is apriki and it's spelled a-p-r-i-k-i-i she just has amazing opinions on all, all things pop culture she tweeted out this thing about star wars that i retweeted um, and it's a screenshot from The Office where Michael is telling someone, you don't have all the facts. And the person says, which are? And he goes, I love him. <laughs> and that is exactly <laughs> how I feel and how she feels about this character. It's that, like, I just, I love him. I love his story. I love his angst. I love his emotions. I love how... He wears a mask to hide his emotions and that they're all written so plainly on his face. Um, I love the soft, measured way he can speak. I love the way that he views Ray as such an equal. Because yes. and I love that in this story, he and Ray are exact equals in power, in a, oftentimes storyline. They balance each other. There is no um, doubt in my mind that they are equals and they both see that in each other and they respect it in each other and they're foes and friends all at the same time. Everything about Star Wars is always about balance and that is so thoroughly illustrated in this relationship. Um, yes. I could talk about this for quite a long time so I'll stop right now but um, <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> go ahead. You lost it. 
No, I'll jump in. I think that's a great place to start. One of the things that I love about that relationship and I love about like how you were saying how they're shown as such equals is the reveal of Ray's parentage that her parents are nobody. Like they're nobody special. They're not Skywalkers. They're not this um, like, you know, within the, the lore of Star Wars, Anakin Skywalker um, was born without a father, made entirely of midichlorians, which is like the thing that helps you be in touch with the Force. And so Kylo Ren is... I was hoping we'd get through this podcast without anybody saying midichlorians. But <laughs> I mean... Whatever. You no. didn't ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm saying it because this movie does such a good job of throwing it out the window. Because yeah. Kylo Ren is supposed to have everything there is to like being born of royal descendant and whatever. He's and like, like the epitome of legacy. He's yes. yeah. the grandfather of yep. Darth Vader, the the son or the sorry, the grandson of Darth Vader, the son of Princess Leia and Han Solo, and the nephew of Luke Skywalker. Like yes. <laughs> yes, and he is an exact equal with someone who is traded for booze money and left for dead on a desert planet. Yeah. And that is a beautiful necessary incredible story that and just idea in general that was lost when they introduced midichlorians in the first place <laughs> and that was the fun of that's been the fun of star wars for so many kids growing up is anybody can be a jedi anybody can like you know swing around a pool toy and act like they have a lightsaber or like squint really hard at something across the room and hold out their hand and try to pull it to them like this feeling of magic and this feeling of noble beginnings. And I, this movie ties in in so many ways this idea of people who come, who don't come from any position of privilege, are equals and are to be celebrated. All the scenes that they do with um, like the kids tending stables and stuff later in the movie. So I'm jumping all over the place, but this theme is woven throughout of it, throughout the movie in such a beautiful, nuanced but like powerfully stated way i that is one of my favorite elements of that kylo ray relationship is what it says about the values of how people are valued in this in this totally. universe um, totally. and i i don't want to get go gushing on it either but there's one tweet i wanted to read off that um just put so many of my feelings into words by uh at guapit x g-u-a-p-i-t X, um, who I think because of so many people attacking Star Wars on Twitter has changed his Twitter name to Ryan Johnson Shill. But um, uh, what he wrote that uh, just spoke to me so powerfully was, The Last Jedi literally grabs the audience by the shoulders, tells them that their heroes are flawed and human and broken, and that you have to give up idols in order to grow up, and, the disappoint and that this disappointment will follow you forever. It screams in the audience's face that your heroes will let you down and that you have to burn broken systems to the ground and start anew, that you will fail, that life is sometimes just cruel and there will be no explanations. And then, and then, and then it he gives you a giant hug and tells you that you will learn, that you will heal, that you will grow, and that while that may be painful for you, you will come out better for it, that there is good and hope in the world and it will always win that you matter regardless of everything in your life, regardless of where you came from, you matter and you too can be a part of this story. Ugh. Yeah. I mean Whoever thought a Star Wars <laughs> would do that? 
that I mean, that's one of the things that makes this movie so special is exactly that. That this movie is about what is a hero, and guess what? Heroes are just people that make decisions to do good things, but we're also just people that sometimes don't make the right decisions. And so, mm-hmm. yes, you know, like, we have these... I- heroes are not gods. They're th- The idea of having these myths of who a hero can be is a disservice to that person and a disservice to our society. And that works for our heroes, but it also works for our villains, which is why I like Kylo Ren so much, is that he's not just the embodiment of evil. It's more complicated than that. And Mm -hmm. that also applies for Luke. He's not just the perfect savior, Jesus Christ, Jedi. He's more complicated than that. Um, and that, and then that applies to every other single character that you know that that isn't yeah. of Skywalker lineage. Everyone has to deal with that. That like we're more complicated than just being the good or the bad guy. And being a hero is more complicated than just always having the big glorious moment that saves the day. Um, totally. Yeah. Totally. Um, I want. I want to say the Luke stuff, the Ray stuff the Kylo Ren stuff, those three characters and everything that they did in my mind in this movie was perfection. Yeah. There's, I don't, I don't think you can get better, better than that. I have qualms with a lot of the other stuff that happened in this movie. And I feel like we're going to spend a lot of time with the nitpicks and like the stuff that we didn't like, but I want everybody to know that like we loved this movie. Right. (laughs) Oh yeah. I would say is that, um, you know, Lawson, you said this might be your favorite star Wars movie. If, I, I would say that all of the Luke, Ray, Kylo stuff is my favorite Star Wars movie ever. Um, yes. And I would say the rest of the plots of this movie was an awesome, fun Star Wars movie. I wouldn't say that they're my favorite Star Wars movie ever, but I would say that they were also, I had a ton of fun with them. But that plot line is my favorite thing I've ever seen in this universe. I would say I agree. It definitely felt like there was an A plot and a B plot and maybe even a C plot in this. Like, you felt a ranking. Like, uh, could you go back to that other... And (laughs) I don't have a problem with that because, like, original Star Wars movies do that as well. You know, they separate all the characters. Plots are everywhere. That It didn't bother me so much. Absolutely. Um, But the point I was wanting to get to... Just the quality of the plot. Well, yeah, and... So, I agree. the The strongest part of it to me felt like the Luke Kylo Ray stuff, um, but the story with Poe and uh, Leia and Laura Dern's character was amazing. Yeah, um, I loved. Even though it was like a ship slowly moving away, I loved Laura Dern's character. I love how many twists there were in it. Mm-hmm. That you were just like, when she comes on screen, you're like, oh, hell yeah, here's Laura Dern about to be awesome. And then you get the impression that she's going to be uh, like rigid and conservative uh, in her approach to their predicament to a degree that gets them all killed. And so you're like, wait, why would they do that with somebody's greatest Laura Dern? How tragic. And then at the end, there's this, or not at the end, but it, it evolves further to say, um, whenever Poe finally understands that uh, she was doing this slow, not flashy, not heroic thing for the greater good, because I think Leia said she was more interested in the good than in um, looking like a hero. It was like a great lesson, because like Poe 
was trying to do things in his typical flashy way, and Laura Dern's character was doing something totally different. And I think they just held everyone's uh, characters as such real people. Like, you see why there's conflict with Poe and Laura Dern, but you also see where both of them are coming from. You see the valid approaches to both of what they're doing. You also see the dangers of what both of their do both of them are doing. They're they're heroes, but they're imperfect heroes doing things the best way they can, and they have a great deal of respect and affection for each other. And I thought the lesson in that that storyline, even though it was like the least interesting storyline to watch because it was just like someone moving slowly in space, um, kept me completely compelled. And then mm -hmm. I had plenty of nits to pick about the casino um, planet run thing that uh, Rose and Finn go on. But also a lot of the nuance that that move brings into the Star Wars universe uh, was some of my favorite stuff in the whole movie. Like the dialogue in this movie is better than any Star Wars dialogue in any movie, the, I think, hands down. The Oscar Isaac, um, Laura Dern dialogue, every time they're talking to each other is gold. Like all of that is really, really good stuff. I just wish it didn't last the entire movie. Like I don't think we needed that long of that chase. I think you could have cut a lot of that down um, to be to be quicker to where we're not just like feel like we're waiting and stalled the entire time. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I, I do want to talk about is can we talk about um, Finn's storyline? Yes, please. Do it. And that stuff. So at no point in his mission, whatever, his impossible mission, did I think he would fail at that mission. Mm. And the fact that they did fail, that they found a random code breaker. I also thought Benicio Del Toro was going to be the code breaker. I was like, it's, there's going to be a twist. Right. It's going to be him It was the actually whole time. him. Yeah, totally. Me too. And, yeah. <laughs> and the fact that that wasn't true and the fact that he betrayed them and the fact that they lost basically that part was surprising for me. And like, that's the first time that's ever happened in the Star Wars. Like, you, everybody gets these weird little missions that have an impossible chance and blah, blah, blah. And they always succeed in Star Wars movies. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't was just so shocking to me. Um, I was so happy about it. Like, like it's, just, it's just amazing that we got to see that. Now, the fact that that whole mission didn't matter or anything like that, that was kind of annoying. But the fact that they failed, I loved. I, I loved that they failed. I that. love that, too, because like we've been saying, this movie is taking so many things that Star Wars is built up and it's kind of smashing them down in a way that we are so pleased about. Um, it's like saying that like sometimes you try and you don't succeed, but the point is you tried anyway. And like you still mm -hmm. have to have hope even when you fail. Like that is such an important lesson to have in these movies. And that like, yeah, you can't always have the miracle. The miracle doesn't always happen. Right. Yeah. Right. And the, the scene where we're, uh, Benicio Del Toro's character is like, look, this guy, the, the ship we're on right now, yeah. the person who sold it, um, sold to the First Order and to the Rebel Alliance, like, it's all a machine, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever that happened, mm -hmm. my jaw dropped and I just looked around like, is this really happening in a Star Wars movie right now? Yeah. yeah. Like, they're talking we're about the military. Shades of gray. <laughs> right. They're talking about the military industrial complex. But then also later, whenever uh, Finn looks at him and says, like, you're wrong. This isn't all about transactions. It's not all about a game. He just goes, maybe. Maybe. Like, yeah. 
the fact that this movie says like points out that nuance, but then also mm-hmm. points to like, no, you can't be this cynical. Like Finn mm-hmm. is still saying there's something worth, like, it's it kind of pushing against so much of false equivalence that happens these days, where it's just like, well, everyone's a little bit corrupt, so don't believe in anything and don't try for anything. Like mm-hmm. that yeah. doesn't help anything. Um, and I love, yeah, all of the gray in this movie was just so beautiful. I I love Benicio del Toro, and I really want more from that character in the future movies. I'm very sad that he wasn't in more of this movie, <laughs> um, but I do think that his introduction and his usefulness in this movie was very weird. Like, it, it didn't really make sense to me here. Um, I love that it happened. <laughs> no, I but agree. from a plot perspective, I was just kind of like, oh, this is really random. Yeah, he seemed like but. the least essential. Every bit of exposition and stuff he gave, I feel like, could have been given to a different character. Hmm. Yeah. To speed up the movie, I would have more wanted them to go, not go to some off-planet, blah, 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 but just to go straight to the, cause especially since they were going to fail, just to go straight from the ship to the other ship and kind of a figure it out on your on your on the way kind of a thing. Um, I, and I hear maybe, that, I don't know. Lucas, and I think you're yeah. right that that would have been a much more concise storytelling. But also, mm-hmm. the fun of Star Wars is going to different planets and seeing new worlds and new it's creatures. It's true. We, we wouldn't have we wouldn't we wouldn't have gotten that new planet. Yeah. Or the new creatures. Yeah. Y'all want to talk but. about just the creatures for a second? This movie had such good creatures. Sure. Yeah. Um, my uh, favorite I, were the fish nuns. Yeah. <laughs> the caretakers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. Those were great. I loved the the silver foxes. I don't know what they're called. Oh, the critters, those look like Pokemon. Crystal critters. Straight up. The, the crystal critters. Yeah, <laughs> they did. Those those were awesome. They looked like um, nobody said porgs in this movie. Porg was not uttered. <laughs> yeah, there's just porgs are just walking around, meeping at everyone without yeah. being labeled. Yeah, um, just a marketing term apparently. Yeah, I I loved the like rabbit horses that they had on the casino planet. Yeah. yeah. Those were so beautiful and emoted so well. Like, I know there was a lot of hype around how cute and emotive the Porgs were, but I thought that those creatures were... I, I liked them better than the Porgs. I thought they were really cool. The Those felt much more, um, like, mythical than Star Wars to me. Those felt like something, like, yeah. in the never-ending story or, like... Right some sort of fairy tale yeah than it than it did star wars but i did love them that's not a critique that's just an observation sure can i here here's one critique i have of this movie before i go back to like raving about things i love um (laughs) sure and this is so small but every now and then and i don't remember all of them it's hard for me to remember lines of dialogue but every now and then there would be a line of dialogue where i would be like that doesn't that feels a little out of place in this universe um, I think that I liked a lot of the humor in this movie, but sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like it felt a little too modern and holding for Hux that, you know, the holding yes. for Hux actually didn't bother me at all. It was um, other smaller things like I think that there's one point in the end of this movie where Poe says that's a big ass ship. And I was like, when, when did we start saying big ass in the Star Wars universe? This took place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. This, they were not saying Don't big curse ass. Don't Star Wars. And, and, like, and also, like, the Luke, like, swiping his shoulder thing. Um, 
I like the comedic <laughs> moment of that. I like what it does, but the actual act of swiping your shoulder feels like such a 2000s era like motion. Yeah. And so there were just little moments where a turn of phrase would be said. And it was like, that just feels too modern day to fit in this universe. So those things took me out of the movie every once in a while. There was also <laughs> a line, and this is more just, I think it's an awkward phrasing. And I was just like, oh, this seems like bad writing. Where uh-huh. um, Ray is trying to get Luke to come. And he goes, yeah. why did you think I came to the most unfindable planet in the galaxy? <laughs> That threw me off too. I was was like, like, that's not a word you use. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, unfindable might be a word, but it's not a good one. (laughs) Yeah, I I do think there's some there's some line delivery that is just a little squeaky with how clumsy the 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 dialogue is. Right. Um and again, it's just in like a few places, but there's sometimes you're like, whoa, that is a that is an interesting sentence you put together. <laughs> right. <there. laughs> right. Um, so that would that was my only critique. Was that like every now and then I would hear something and be like, oh, that didn't really fit in this movie. Yeah. Um Yeah, I completely agree with you. Can I I felt the same thing. I wanna talk about there's so many moments in this film that are like gonna stay burned in my brain forever. Like iconic, yes. amazing moments. But the one I wanna talk about right now is the red room. The red room scene. The red room. Oh boy. Yeah. I Ugh. when they fight back. All right. Let's start at the at the beginning. Of, <laughs> sorry. You have so much to say. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. <laughs> no, my knees are bouncing up and down right now. Yeah. I'm so excited so about first this of scene. all, um, okay. I have to say that I'm going to credit a lot of my opinions about this movie to that Twitter user I mentioned earlier, Apreeki, because I read like mm-hmm. all of her reactions and her reactions are now my reactions, you know? Um, <laughs> so one thing she mentions is about how important it is that Kylo Ren kills his abuser. So Snoke Ooh. is not only the villain of this franchise up until this point, uh, you know, this new franchise, but he very specifically is this abuser of Kylo Ren. You know, he like implanted these dark ideas in him from when he was a child. He essentially like not kidnapped him, but, you know, like took him away as a young child and has since then been like tormenting him for his own like political gain. And in this one moment, Kylo Ren, like, ends that. He kills his abuser. And I think that that is a powerful thing to see. Um, So that is really exciting. And then... Can I put one note on that? Yes. Um, I completely agree with that. And it was also so powerful to me that he does that. And then after that, even though he... His idea of... um, what to do next ends up getting power grabby and like regrettable um in the moment when he says we have to kill everything that's old like we have to let everything burn reminded me of a bunch of chants i've heard in marches that are just like the whole damn system is guilty like yeah we have to get rid of it's kind of what's framing it as um his abuser is so powerful because it's like all these systems are built up to support these people, to support these people who are abusing you. And like this system has to change. It has to burn down or fundamentally change. And mm-hmm. it just, it 
that and several other things in this movie, I was like, how is this film so prescient? How yeah. is this such a film for our time and our moment right now? And I loved that he like, did all of that for the, for the wrong reason. Like you can't like he did all of those things and it's like and at the end of it, it's still like, oh, OK, you still are not on the right on the same page as everybody. Else, right. You kind of get it, but you still don't really get it. Right. Which I, I think is super important is yeah. that, it, again, but we're coming also, back into those gray areas. Like you kind of see where he's coming from. If you consider his perspective of mm-hmm. his uncle yeah. Who is the head of the Jedi? The, supposed to be again the Jesus Christ of the Jedi. Um, tried to ki- in his mind tried to kill him. Then yeah, the Jedi need to fucking burn too. Like <laughs> he's not yeah. that crazy, you know. Like he's not a madman. Like gone to the dark side. He is like an abused character by both mm-hmm. sides. Um, Absolutely. And I did not want to derail your yeah, red room. No, all yeah, to say is that that moment then leads into one of the most incredible, thrilling scenes I've ever seen. Yep. Where Best fight in Star they Wars They are back to back, working back together to <laughs> against these guards. And it. I'm just going to say it. It's erotic. The, the chemistry <laughs> between the two of them in that scene. Vanity Fair did a whole great piece about how... There are no sex scenes in Star Wars, but we got the closest thing to a sex scene with this fight sequence between the two of them. Um, <laughs> and that the chemistry is just insane, even in this scene where they aren't they don't have any dialogue with each other. Um, and it was so thrilling to watch. And then to have that followed up with another emotionally performative scene where mm-hmm. he says, like, rule with me. Let's do this together. Fully equals. Again, the best thing about Kylo Ren is that he sees Rey as a complete equal to him. Um, I think equal in power, but not equal. I don't know. Like his line about like, you're you're a nobody, but you're not a nobody to me. That feels very manipulative to me. You know, like of just like, put your, like your worth is how I see you, not how anybody else sees you. I would normally kind of a thing. agree with you, Lucas, that like in any other setting, I would agree that that sounds like a guy negging a girl, you know, and like it's manipulative, except in this one. I didn't feel that way at all. I feel like they like they fucking mind meld like they can almost read (laughs) each other's minds, essentially. Like and I feel like in that moment, it was just him being brutally honest. Like, I know this about your parents and I'm going to be brutally honest and you know that I'm telling the truth and I'm just telling you. That this is your history, but with me, we're equals, and we can both be more than this. I, that was my interpretation no, it, of it. And it I understand felt... like him being – I understand the interpretation of him being manipulative, but I didn't feel that from that scene. Yeah, yeah, for whatever reason, I'm with you, Sandra. Like, I did not feel like it was manipulative. I felt like – it felt like a very uh, – empathetic like that felt like the good in him was saying that right then in like yeah g- the good in him got him through the first half of the sentence and then the second half of the sentence like we should rule together was um <laughs> just like i don't know still from a good place but like a a real indication of how warped his perception of the right thing to do is right um but yeah that scene oh my god that scene yeah i i whooped out loud when yeah. that happened <laughs> i was at the midnight or i was at the one of the opening showing so it was uh less inappropriate but still i was like i don't do this in movies <laughs> yeah um yeah so that was just incredible 
Um, and then I feel like we need to talk about the other incredibly iconic moment, which was when Laura Dern's character um, split a whole spaceship through um, the, the First Order ship. Yeah. And the entire film goes silent, and you could have heard a pin drop in our theater. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's so bright with the perfect silhouette of that ship in uh, hanging on the screen. And I was transfixed on the screen, but Lindsay was sitting a couple seats next to me. And she said she looked around while that was happening. And every single jaw in the whole theater was on the ground. Like yeah. everyone's mouth was open. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. My jaw dropped when Ray and Kylo fought together and, and, and during that scene. Like, and... That, and when he didn't have a shirt on, probably, too. No, I knew that was coming, so <laughs> that one didn't surprise me. Um, and plus, I've seen plenty of Adam Driver shirtless. It's a sight to see, I'll give you that, but it's not a new one for me. Um, no, I would say, though, that this that silent moment is such a testament to the skill of Ryan Johnson and to the creative vision of specifically Ryan Johnson and... Not many directors would have the guts, I think, to do something like that. Mm -hmm. To do something that artistic in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Um, Agreed. Just thought, yeah, the art in this movie is pretty incredible. Yeah. Just how much artistic license. The use of red. Oh, my goodness. It's just, (laughs) it's so good. Yeah, that whole. The whole salt planet. I was like, you didn't have to do that. You could have gone anywhere. We haven't anywhere. even talked about the salt planet. <laughs> we, I know. Okay, this, yeah. Here's the thing about this movie. It, I, I do think it is too long. I do think it is too long. We don't even get to the salt planet until like two hours into this movie. I know. And that salt, there's nothing happens that's bad on that salt planet. Like every yeah. single thing is amazing. Yeah. Okay. We've got to like get to a closing point. So let's talk about Luke yes. and the ending of this movie. Yes. Okay. Do you guys know who's force projecting? No. no, that's never happened Me before. Either. No, yeah, the, yeah. I had no <laughs> no clue. I did. I I thought it was super weird. I was like, one, why is he? Why does he have his like? Did he dye his beard and get a haircut before coming out? Like, how vain is okay. this dude? That was <laughs> such a stroke of genius. I just like this took I a lot of turns, and I've heard that. I've heard oh, people man. criticize it because it takes so many zigs and zags. But I thought it was so genius that he shows up at the exact right moment with like his haircut and his like beard dyed and all this stuff. And because it's a movie, your brain is like, well, that's kind of an inconsistency, but that's how it happens in the (laughs) movies. That's so convenient, blah, blah, blah. And then they prey on your understanding. Looked in years. (laughs) Right. They prey on how your understanding of how movies and like climaxes and uh, final hero sequences work to make that happen. And then it comes back and says, none of that made sense. Didn't you know that? Like, this has all been a force. This has all been a projection. Yeah. This has all been an amazing new thing you weren't even aware of. He used the blue lightsaber, too. And I was like, that just got destroyed. Like, I was so confused. Ah, right. Like, I was so swept up. I didn't even notice lightsaber. that. Right. And then his feet didn't um, leave red. marks in, this, in, the, in, the, in, the, in this ground. And I didn't, like, that Like that still didn't, like, I didn't notice it. Like, it didn't make any sense. To, I, ugh. Like, they lined it all up. And then... The confidence with it. they it's had so to good. have to know that, like, this is going to be so cool, people aren't even going to notice, and then whenever they do find out, they're going to remember everything, and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. So, um, yeah. It, yeah, I ahead. mean, it was just awesome. I, I want to say, towards the end, 
um, oh, this is going a little bit fur- uh, back before the Salt Planet, but I really just remembered um, we have that line with Laura Dern and Carrie Fisher where they're saying goodbye to each other, and that mm-hmm. got me crying because Carrie Fisher says something like, I just can't do it. There's so much loss. And to yeah. hear that line from Carrie Fisher, it's so insane. Yeah. Oh, this movie yeah. was so emotional and so, oh, she's so good. Um <laughs> Okay, I have an image in my head of the most of the most iconic visual for me that I will like never forget, and I I want to know if each of you have one from this movie as well. If like one single image, not a sequence or a scene, but like a single image, do you have something from this? Just a picture. Yeah, just I, one picture. I think not, for, no movement. Yeah. yeah, I think for me it is um, Yoda. And, uh, which I love that Yoda was back as a puppet done by Frank Oz again, by the way, what a great like extra thing that I had no idea was going to happen, but Yoda and Luke sitting and watching the tree burn, Mm. um, was so, it just encapsulated so many feelings I've been having, um, all year. I just, it was, and the joy that Yoda had when he was just like, we are what they outgrow. I just, it was, it was all so beautiful. That, that moment, that image. Yeah. Like there were a lot of really beautiful like paintings, but the, the depth of meaning to that image yeah. it, it sticks with me. Lucas, what about you? For me, for, for me, the most beautiful shot was, um, after it's right at the end when Kylo and stormtroopers are coming into the base. Um, you just, it's a top down shot. You see the walls and you see Kylo and the stormtroopers walk in on this like red like dark like it's like almost black red ground and the sun is behind them so they have these extremely long shadows Mm -hmm. that go all the way down the screen as they just kind of like walk in it's a gorgeous shot it looks like bars like like prison bars as they're kind of walking towards this uh the uh the mine yes mine is unsurprisingly part of the kylo and ray you know psychic connection scenes and Mm -hmm. It's at the end of one of those, and Kylo realizes <laughs> that there's rain on his glove. Yeah, the water. Let me tell you, that is some pride and prejudice shit. That <laughs> is haunting. That he just You're like, right. oh my gosh, like thoughtfully wipes away droplets of rain and, and mist from the glove of his hand. And a completely like they're so connected. They're so connected, and he feels so much from that. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> uh, well, there is one last thing I want to talk about because I can't believe we've gone this long without talking about it, yeah. and that is Kelly Marie Tran as Rose. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Brand new character in this movie. Uh, gets an incredible role. The fact that we meet her sister and see her for like 90 seconds and care about her so much to the point whenever we meet uh, Rose, yep. we're like, it's her sister. Like we yeah. Yeah, um, was yeah. so impressed, such an impressive feat of filmmaking. And also her character throughout this movie was just, I loved her. I loved her so much. I'm so sad we don't get more of her in future movies. Wait, how do you, what? What? Lawson, she didn't die. What you- oh right! They brought her into the medic at the last minute. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. 
Okay, I'm glad we get more yeah. of her in future movies. This yeah, is, she's definitely in the next. Yeah. Movie. I got my wish. <laughs> yeah, guys, this is such a great moment. I got my wish. <laughs> yeah, um, but I wanted to talk about her. Yeah, she's such a good balance to the exuberance mm-hmm. and energy of John Boyega. Um, yeah, and I I like their chemistry. I like their back and forth. Um, that that little kiss at the end was lame. Let me tell you something. Like. No, it was not lame. I think it, and I will tell you why, but you go first. I think it was lame. I think I think if you're going to do a first kiss, make it a good first kiss. You know, and this is Star Wars we're talking about, you know? And I think they should have either not done it at all or made it a bigger moment um and or saved it for the next film. Um I I like the chemistry between the two of them. But I don't. No, no. There's hold on. Okay. There's no, hold on. Really go quick. For it. Go but for it. I don't love them setting up a potential love triangle. Um, I don't want Ray to be involved in any love triangles. Ray is too important for that. And so I, I hope that that is not what the next film is leading into. And go ahead. I Lucas. never got Ray and Finn. I think romantic there interest. are no there are no love triangles. I, I there hope are no so. love triangles. There are no love stories. They are not together. That kiss was an end of. Um, an infatuation for for the, for her character mm. is what that was because at the beginning she's just completely enthralled with him and over the movie I mean at the beginning she immediately like loses her <laughs> her hero there when she realizes he's running <laughs> yeah. away but that like that is not a romantic kiss that was just kind of a like like I'm I'm getting all my feelings out like 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 because because I love you like as a friend as a friend huh. And she kisses him. He does not kiss her back. There's no romance in it at all. Right. It is strictly just a just a kiss of love. And that's it. I don't think they're going to have a relationship. I think it's strictly a friendship, oh. which I thought made that kiss just so beautiful. If that's the case, I think that's nice and great. But I highly <laughs> doubt that that's actually the case. I just... Okay. You, this is Disney, Lucas. Like, ultimately, <laughs> they're going to put some people together. Yeah, I mean, three hosts, three interpretations. I saw it as um, being romantic, but I never saw any ounce of, like one of the things I loved about Finn and Ray's relationship in The Force Awakens and in everything I've seen since was their relationship has always seemed like such a pure friendship. And like when they see each other, they hug. There's never any like faces hovering next to each other, like with the tension in the air. They have always seemed like incredible friends to me. And so I think... Rose, um, in that moment, was kind of like, it felt like she was losing some of her timidity and being like, I've liked you this whole time. I want to kiss you. I just saved your life. And I'm I'm about to die. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I want to kiss you. I'm going to kiss you. And so it it wasn't, um, it didn't feel like erotic, but it felt romantic. Um, And I think that there was something very lovely about it and i think that that will probably end up being a relationship but i don't think that it will form any kind of love triangle and i no, think there will Rose not be any love triangles great, are great together so i'm for it yeah we'll see yeah we will i'm trying to think if there's anything else i need to get off my chest y'all i've been holding in star wars opinions for days uh, i know no i can't talk to anybody to. about it yeah <laughs> uh, and it's oh, so man. it's not just like a great Star Wars movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. And like, I want to talk about the ideas in this movie for hours. Mm-hmm. It's true. Ugh. It's true. All I right. can't wait to see it again. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. we're, we're all going to watch it several times. Um, oh yeah. I, yeah, I, I can't, I know I've ranted about this for so long, but I can't stress enough 
how blown away I am by the Ray and Kyla scenes and how erotic they were. And um, I just wanted to say that one more time before we leave. That was it. Yeah, okay. it was pure electricity whenever they teamed up. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we have so much to say, and we totally understand wanting to be able to let out all of your last Jedi thoughts. So please send them our way. Tweet at us at feelingitpod or email us at feelingit, um, feelingitpod at gmail.com. Um, and you can also rate us on iTunes. Um we would really appreciate that. It helps us get more visibility. Uh, and you can just shout out to any of us individually. Um, Sandra, where can people find you online? All of my social media platforms are at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. And um, especially go find me on Twitter and Letterboxd where I'm watching tons and tons of movies right now. You can find me at Lucas and Stuff on Twitter, um, frantically trying to, yeah, Twitter and Letterboxd, frantically trying to uh, finish all of the movies by the end of the year. <laughs> you can find me on a similar quest, uh, doing not as well as either of those two, uh, on Letterboxd, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff, at Lawson West. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Adios. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it? Go home? Yep. Move along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. <laughs>